Today, we look at an Islanders player who gives all-out effort every night, plus an Islanders prospect winning the MVP of his junior league, that plus game one of the Stanley Cup final, and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question you'd like to ask, a comment about something we said, or a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the Islanders' news and happenings throughout this important offseason from trade rumors, free agency, and the draft. Everything going on to your New York Islanders between now and the start of training camp. We'll cover it for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We are going to continue our player-by-player review of this past season. We are going to discuss center Austin Zarnick. Zarnick, uh, one of the most dedicated Islander players, always hustling, and still, you know, one of those players who is not a part of the core. He is very much a fringe NHL player, but... One thing I love about Zarnik, his motor never stops moving, and you know you could plug him in at any time, and he's going to give you everything he's got. Zarnik played 11 games with the Islanders this year, mostly as a fill-in when players either had COVID or were injured or some combination of that, but in 11 games, playing almost exclusively on the fourth line, you had two goals, Five points and a plus five from Austin Zarnick. He blocked five shots, had two hits, and only averaged 10 minutes, 57 seconds of ice time. So, essentially, playing fourth line minutes, not getting power play time. He's a little less than a point every other game player. Now, I know there's only a small sample size, but if you watch Austin Zarnick out there, 
the plays he makes are smart plays. He's a heady hockey player. He forechecks like a dervish. He is uh, anticipates where the puck is going to be well. One of the things working against Zarnik is his size. He's 5'9", 170 pounds. By NHL standards, that's not very large. And it limits what maybe he's capable of doing at times, especially offensively, where bigger, stronger defensemen perhaps can limit him. But you know what? you got to catch him if you're going to slow him down. And Zarnik does a good job of making his presence felt. Uh, the thing about Zarnik, he is 29 years old. He'll turn 30 in December. He's not a prospect anymore. He's not a kid. He is a veteran player, and look, he spent significant time at Bridgeport this year and was a point-a-player game for the Bridgeport Islanders. 38 games down in Bridgeport, 14 goals, 37 points, and 8 penalty minutes. So down in Bridgeport, Zarnik was one of the most reliable offensive players on that team, and kind of a leader among the young guys in the locker room. Zarnik was not drafted, attended the University of Miami uh, of Ohio, made his NHL debut with the Bruins in 2016-2017, has also played for the Flames. Midway through this season, uh, the Islanders tried to recall Zarnik from Bridgeport. He was claimed by the Kraken on waivers. Played six games for Seattle, added two assists in those six games, and then the Islanders reclaimed him, and he rejoined the Islanders organization. I don't think Austin Zarnick has a, a future as a member of the Islanders' core. He is not going to play 50, 60, 70 games in the NHL, barring injuries, some significant trades, or what have you. But... Zarnik is a reliable player, and the Detroit, Michigan native is someone who you know you can call up, and he'll give you everything he's got, and he will not hurt your team and may even be able to help your team given a limited role. Is he going to play top six minutes? Is he going to be a dynamic goal scorer in the NHL? No, probably not. But will he hustle? Will he check? Will he play sound positional defense? Will he... Uh, create turnovers for you off the forecheck, and will he be able to produce points at a at a respectable clip for a fourth-line player? Yeah, the answer is yes, and you could probably also stick Austin Zarnick on the third line for a few games if you need to. So, I like Zarnick. I, I'm not saying he is an important part of the Islanders' core but he is a useful player to have in the organization. And number one, he's going to help your younger players down in Bridgeport. Be a leader. Someone who's played in 142 career NHL games. Somebody who knows the system. Somebody who's been through the grind of hockey at the AHL college hockey and to a lesser extent the NHL level. And... He is somebody who leads by example, who is going to teach the younger players how to be a professional, how to maximize their talent, how to be the best hockey player they can be. So, no, Austin Zarnick is not your next star, 
but he's the type of player that every organization wants to have around. To me, this coming season, he will continue to play at Bridgeport and get called up periodically when the need arises. And look, if COVID is still a thing, he played 17 NHL games last year, 11 with the Islanders, 6 with the Kraken. You got to figure he'll, if COVID continues to be an issue, he'll get a similar number of games this year. Uh, and if even if it's not, he'll probably play three to five, seven games whenever the need arises. Someone gets hurt, someone is slumping. You have Ross uh, Johnston if a wing is out of action and you need something to insert someone on the fourth line. Austin Zarnick if you need a center. Uh, you can plug him in. You can move Sezikis up to the third line. You can move Zarnick up to the third line. But he's one of those guys who is just good to have around in your organization, and I think he'll continue to play that role in the coming season for the New York Islanders. We have got a lot more to get to. An Islanders prospect winning the MVP of the Quebec League. I think uh, a great story and something to look forward to. For Islander fans, we've got that, plus uh, a rugged defenseman who helped the Islanders in their 1975 playoff run is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. You've got the Stanley Cup final between the Avalanche and the Lightning, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long and Everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com survey, and thanks for your help. So, some good news for the Islanders, and, uh, you know, to me, this is, this is the stuff I love. Uh, William Dufour. Islanders prospect wins the 2022 Michel Briere Trophy as the most valuable player of the Quebec League. He played for the St. John Sea Dogs, and he had one outstanding season in the Quebec League. 56 goals and 60 assists. That's 116 points in just 66 games. He led the entire Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in goals and finished second in the league in points that made him the second player in Sea Dog history to win the Michel Briere Award. Mike Hoffman, a name familiar to hockey fans uh, in the NHL, was the winner previously from the Sea Dogs. Now, here's the beauty about it. Dufour, a fifth-round pick of the Islanders, 
back in 2020. And last year, 55 points in, uh, well, two years ago, 55 points in 59 games. That's what got him drafted, a very respectable season. Then last year, uh, he had 29 points, including 17 goals in 23 games. So uh, a very big jump this year, and that is uh, a, a great thing. The new goal total, by the way, a St. John's franchise record, and uh, 56 goals, the old record, 47. And the point total, also a new record, 116. The old record was 105, held by Jonathan Huberdeau. So, again, some pretty big names being uh, surpassed, basically, by Dufour. And here's the thing, you know, Dufour, 6'3", 205. He's a big kid. And he's from Quebec. You like to see those potential power forwards, those big players, develop and, and blossom because it usually takes them a little bit longer to be effective when they are playing against adults in the NHL to be that physical player uh, that you need. That's not easy for a young kid when you're you know, weighing 180 pounds, let's say, and your opponent weighs a lot more. So that's, you know, uh, one of the things that is why power forwards and big players take a little bit longer to develop, but an encouraging sign, and you get the feeling while he's still a year or two away from being ready to play on Long Island. We know the Islanders need goal scorers. We know their uh, prospect pool is... Not highly regarded around the league, but Dufour should improve that ranking and give the Islanders another reason for hope in the future. So congratulations to William Dufour. Wanted to touch briefly on the Stanley Cup final. Uh, game one between the Lightning and the Avalanche played on Wednesday night in Colorado. And what a game it was. Exciting contest. Goes to overtime and the Avalanche win it a minute 23 into overtime. Andre Burakovsky with the game winner. 4-3, the Avs over the Lightning. I know most Islander fans pulling for the Avalanche. Devon Taves certainly uh, being one of the factors in that uh, thought process. The other being that, you know, you don't want anyone to three-peat and be the first team to win three straight Stanley Cups since the Islanders did it in the early 80s, but what a game it was. You know, this is a great matchup on paper, and so often you see games like this not live up to the hype. Well, this one lived up to the hype, and the surprising thing early, Andre Vasilevsky, the all-world goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning, letting in two soft goals in the first 10 minutes of the game, putting Colorado up 2 to nothing, and you think, okay, uh, the Avs have this one, the Lightning are going to shrink and, and, and be demoralized. No, they weren't demoralized at all. And the Lightning essentially came out, got back into the game, Nick Paul scoring uh, 12 and a half minutes into the first period. Then 
they get give up a five on three, take some foolish penalties, and Otori Letkinen scores a power play goal. It's three to one after 20 minutes, but the Lightning, to their credit, showing why they are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They tie it with two goals in less than a minute in the second period, and then, you know, play a fairly even third period, and Vasilevsky, after the slow start, kind of picks it up and plays very well for the rest of the game. He's kind of like that ace pitcher in baseball, where if you're going to get him, you got to get him early in the game, like in the first inning before he settles down, and then he's lights out. That was kind of the way... Vasilevsky was in game one both the power play goal on the five on three and the overtime winner not soft goals nothing really Vasilevsky could have done about either one of them so an exciting game uh Tampa Bay hung in there fought back but Colorado really carried the play for most of this game out shooting uh the lightning by a 38 23 margin and Darcy Kemper uh, playing pretty well in goal for Colorado. You know, the the Vasilevsky versus Kemper or Francouz, either one of those matchups, it was considered a big advantage for Tampa Bay. Wasn't such a big advantage in game one. Uh, Vasilevsky played well after the slow start, but Kemper did his job as well. And the abs hold serve in game one, game two set for Saturday, and we're all looking forward to that. Uh, just FYI, uh, Devon Taves, one shot on goal, no goals, no assist, a minus one in game one, uh, and Taves on the ice for 25 and a half minutes. Uh, he had two block shots in 25 and a half minutes, second among all players on the Avalanche besides Kale McCarr, the all-world defenseman. So, this is going to be a great series. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. And uh, Avalanche with the early one nothing lead. I'm still taking Tampa Bay in seven, but this series promises to be a great one, and I am going to enjoy every minute of it. When we come back, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a rugged defenseman from the mid-'70s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today, Friday, is the 71st birthday for former Islanders defenseman Dave Fortier, the native of Sudbury, Ontario, drafted by the Maple Leafs in the second round back in 1971, made his debut in the NHL for Toronto in the 72-73 season, playing 23 games, potting his first career NHL goal and four assists, but spent all of 73-74 with the Oklahoma City Blazers of the Central League, where he racked up 200 penalty minutes in 72 games. But in 74-75, acquired by the Islanders, played 65 games for the Isles, had 6 goals, 18 points, and 79 penalty minutes, added 2 assists and 33 penalty minutes in 14 games during the Islanders' exciting run to the semifinals in 1975, the year that the team really went from expansion joke to contending team. And that 75 playoff run, to me, remains one of the most incredible runs in playoff history. 
The following year, he was back with the Islanders, 59 games, two assists, 68 penalty minutes. And then he went on to play for the Vancouver Canucks for one year and then the Indianapolis Racers of the WHA before hanging up his skates after the 78-79 season when he played in the minors. For his NHL career, Fortier had 205 games, 8 goals, 29 points, 335 penalty minutes, add 2 assists in 20 playoff games, all with the Islanders, and... At 5'11", 190, Fortier wasn't particularly big during his era, but he was tough. He was a player you didn't want to mess with, and he did a good job of helping to protect Chico Resch and Billy Smith during his time with the Islanders. We're going to go back and look at one of uh, Dave Fortier's better games with the Isles. October 20th, 1974, at the old Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland, Islanders. Visiting the Washington Capitals, Ron Lowe, the goalie for the Caps, battling Billy Smith, the Islanders goalie. And in the first period, the Islanders get on the board first. Bob Bourne, his second. From Gary Howitt and Bob Nystrom at 5.30. A minute and 25 seconds later, Ernie Hickey makes it 2-0 Islanders, his first of the year from Burt Marshall. By the way, this game was only the sixth game in the history of of the Washington Capitals franchise. In the second period, Billy Harris, the Islanders' first ever draft pick, scores his third uh, goal of the season unassisted at 3:37. Isles up 3 to nothing. Then Ralph Stewart makes it 4 nothing Islanders, his fourth assist to our Islanders' birthday of the day, Dave Fortier and Billy McMillan at 7:25 and then Fortier his second goal of the year, Lorne Henning with the assist at 11.09, 5 nothing Islanders at that point, and that's how the game ended. For Dave Fortier, one goal, two points, three assists on three shots on goal, and the goal, of course, coming at even strength. Islanders blanking the Capitals 5 nothing, 26 saves, for Billy Smith to earn the shutout. Islanders out shooting the Caps 28-26. And how bad were these first-year Washington Capitals, a team that played 80 games and won eight of them? And, you know, not a lot of names you're going to remember from this team. Greg Jolly was the first-ever uh draft pick in Capitals history. Yvonne LeBray had his number retired by the Capitals, but... You know, some older players a little past their prime, like Tommy Williams and Doug Moans uh, on that roster. Jack Eagers used to play for the Rangers. Uh, a lot of players, you know, Ron Lowe, because he went on to coach uh, in the NHL and later played for, uh, among other teams, the Edmonton Oilers. But overall, this Capitals team, still one of the worst, if not the worst, in NHL history but the Islanders handling them convincingly 5 to nothing. So again, happy 71st birthday to Dave Fortier. Fortier is our Islanders' birthday of the day. When we come back on Monday, we will be discussing Robin Sallow's season with the Islanders and at Bridgeport, and we will talk about uh, basically what Sallow's future looks like. And I, I, I'll tell you right now, uh, for Sallow, 
this is going to be a very, very interesting season. Uh, one, a season where the opportunity is there and we have to see whether or not he's going to be able to seize it and become a full-time member of the Islanders' defense corps. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You could hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That does it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.